space. Final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. I'm Dr. Squee. Ahoy, hoy. And by the way, I did not intend for me to me saying this episode of Retrek brought to you by Strongbow to go on the live show. However, if Strongbow's listening and want to send us a crate each... Yeah, so, that's fine. I yeah. mean, I, I like... I believe the, oh, I was going to say, you you're, you guys are part of the Dark Fruits, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I'll take a crate of the cloudy. It's very refreshing. You know what? Uh, since since we're going the sponsorship, uh, or Pepsi Max Cherry, if you want to send us oh, any of that. Camera. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I like the fact that you waited until the actual podcast recording started to apologise for inadvertent sponsorship by putting inadvertent sponsorship on the live podcast. <laughs> I know. I must make a note on my iPad, which I find a superior form of tablet. It's the, I mean the original <laughs> and the best. Some would say. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about Equality of Mercy, which is the finale of Strange New Worlds. And which I've misspelled on the thumbnail. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking last week, saying last week really felt like a season finale, and how could they possibly top it? What are they going to do? I don't think any of us thought they were going to do this. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I think this was a pretty good finale. You know, they... This was something really special. That was a baller move. I sort of, early on with the episode, I realised where it might be going Mm. when they were at the outpost. (coughs) I mean, obviously. And then I thought, this is bloody brave. And then it's like, they've only got to nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously, the direct parallel is Balance of Terror. But the other one that reminded me of quite a lot was uh, the trouble with Tribbles for the whole idea of going into an original adventure. Obviously, in this one, they didn't use the footage but man i saw this thing which i didn't even realize when i was watching this is how deep cuts they went there's certain freeze frames if you take them from this episode yeah of like boxing in the chair and, and pine pike over him and if you look at they they did side by sides and there's an exact duplicate from yeah. the original episode it's even how they filmed it like there's all sorts of shots and they get the light over the eyes when yeah. it's serious oh. like what they did in the original series it's just such it's just so well done. It's and just the, such a homage. Yeah, the music cues and everything. Yes. Yeah. I, I heard it described as it's kind of like when Marvel does them what if comics or what if we've, yeah. there's a TV yeah. show now. And it's, you know, what if Captain America had have been the one who got caught in the cave instead of Iron Man or whatever. And this is Star Trek doing that. It's okay. What if it. Um, what if it had been Captain Pike instead of Captain Kirk in Balance of Terror? And, you know, we've had conversations like that on this podcast where we said, right, this is what Pike did. What would Picard have done? What would Janeway have done? What would Kirk yeah. have done? And the fact that the writers obviously think stuff like that and then go, you know what, that's going to be the season finale. Let's do a what if. And it's a, it's a fine needle to thread as well because mm. you're basically saying our hero of the piece no, no, like uh, Strange New Worlds is a wonderful ensemble piece and lots of time else. But let's face it, the captain, apart from in Discovery in the early series, is the star of the show. Yeah. 
And you've got to do an episode where he has proved out and out he is the wrong man to be in that place at that time. Yeah. And still have us rooting for him and have us rooting for the original timeline and not have that overshadow him because it would be really easy to make Kirk look good and look, make Pike yeah. look bad, which you don't want to do on Pike's show. And they threaded that needle amply. They did, they did it perfectly. It, it so was, well done. Yeah, it was done so well because it was, like you said, it wasn't Pike's wrong, Kirk's right. Pike was right as well in his approach yeah. to this, arguably, yeah. was better than Kirk's. It just happened that it didn't pan out. And yeah. yes. that didn't undermine Pike at all, which is, which is the cleverest part, that it's just, yeah, it, it was just a twist of fate that the right guy was on the bridge when it actually happened. But Pike did absolutely nothing wrong here. It's so clever. And I mean, there's a lot I've said about kind of like in the past with um, with Churchill. Like, you know, I know obviously it is kind of uh, satanic worship basically to, to claim that it was anything but perfect in every way, in every form. However, some people have speculated, some communists, that maybe he was just the right person in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And he did everything perfectly to get us through the war. However... And other times he did things wrong. And like if he was uh, Prime Minister now, he would probably be the wrong Prime Minister for this moment. However, he was the perfect one for that time. And that's what Kirk is. And that's what Pike isn't in this moment. doesn't mean he's a bad um, captain. He's just he wasn't the right captain for this moment. And that's the thing. It's very specifically this moment. There's probably so many moments where... Pike could have got as good a result or a better result than Kirk did. And there's probably moments that that we've already seen with Pike. If Kirk had been in charge, it wouldn't have played out as well. So yeah. it, it's just serendipitous that he was the right guy there at the right time. Though I'm sure we'll we'll dig into more yes, about yes, Kirk yes. as we as we go through. But yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with you guys Ooh. on it. Just, just for people watching the video, sorry for anyone who's listening on here, but if I position myself right, I've just basically become his goatee. Yeah, you have become <laughs> Matt Leonard's Matt Leonard's beard, yeah. Kind of like that Simon and Garfunkel album, is it Bridge Over Troubled Water, if you put your thumb <laughs> yes. over? <laughs> sorry, anyway, that very much distracted me for a second. Apologise. At least he's amusing himself, everyone. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the most I do on my own show, so fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, the the opening then, and this has been a thing with Strange New Worlds all the way through, is they're not afraid to splash some of the cash around. Like, this opening shot of the outpost is so intricate and so extravagant, mm. and the camera's swooping all over the place. Like, you really don't need to do that. No, like, you, <laughs> you could just have an establishing shot, but... I feel like this has been a thing all season where they have just spent money where it's not been necessary. Like, going back to episode two, that Comet episode, you had shots from the planet of aliens looking up and seeing the Comet, and it's like, so you've gone out on location to film something, you've put people in makeup, and you've done a VFX shot that none of that was necessary to the story, but it's just a flourish, and I think it's great. I think it's also addressing one of the big criticisms of Discovery that it's very hard to see mm-hmm. some of the effects in space and some of the effects and all that, that they haven't been good. And I think they've really knuckled down and gone, no, we're going to do it and it's going to look 
Yeah. But unfortunately, Discovery don't seem to be... Because, like, this isn't the first show which has started doing that right, and Discovery doesn't seem to be paying a lot of attention and going, oh, oh yeah, maybe we should do that. Well, let's see. They're like, we're, we're the show that doesn't show you any ships. We're that show. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how the next season pans out. But, but yeah, at the moment, I think we're in agreement that Discovery should be showing the ships more. Um, or at all. Or at all, yeah. <laughs> and anything but a wide shot where you can see grains of sand on the screen. Just suggesting. Uh, I don't know. So like Elliot said, we're at the neutral zone. This is the same outpost as Imbalance of Terror. Obviously, we're in a different time frame at this point. Yeah. But, but it's like straight away we sort of like we've been here. What's going to happen here? Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, it does make you start to think. Oh, they're going to do something with it. But again, I didn't expect what they did do. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a chef question, though, Elliot. So, is this a real dish that Pike's yes. making? It is. Yes. Is it good? What was he making again? Uh, spaghetti alamond. Spaghetti alamond. Yeah, yeah. uh, is spaghetti of the day. Right, and so Basically. you just whack an but egg on it. Add it, but egg, egg will make it like a creamy sauce with the cheese, and you just do it very quickly before it scrambles. So it's almost like an emulsion. Right. I mean, it looked good. I don't yeah. think um, he's. It's actually part of um, Anson Mount's actual character. Is this with Pike? Ah. It's something of himself that they've brought into the show. Oh, you know what we need? We had Neelix's cookbook. We need a Captain Pike's cookbook. <laughs> Definitely. Pikes will probably be awesome. Yeah. Because Hanson Mount in real life is meant to be really good. Yeah, there you go. And and he really, and he cooks to sort of uh, be welcoming to people. So he does do a lot of the things that we're seeing him do in the show is actually what he does in real life. Just a lovely way of showing him just um, chatting with people. Like even proper briefings. He's just having a conversation while he's cooking. I was reading something about it and um, it was a Kiva Goldsmith, I think, um, sort of saw what it was like, went to, for a meeting with him and just thought, that's really good. That's a really good character trait. Let's put that yeah. in. Really nice. It really fits with the character's idea of, like, I don't want to just captain you. I want to get to know you. I want to get your skills mm. from you as a person, which we can then utilise with you as an officer. And that's what I'm doing as I'm cooking. I'm using yeah, something I know. It's really good. To have, have a nice, relaxed environment while I'm talking to you. I'm creating that env- environment. Though yeah. so in this particular instance, his on-off girlfriend, she doesn't seem as impressed. She's like, oh, we had spaghetti yesterday. And I know he explains that it's a completely different dish, but, yeah, she's yeah. A bit, I think she's a bit ungrateful there. It's like, no. <laughs> There's a replicator there if you're not happy with the spaghetti. No. I think it's because everyone loves Pike so much. He needs someone who's going to bust yeah. his chops like she does. She, like, it's the um, guy who used to follow the king behind going, you were just a man. You were just a man. Uh, the like king, kings of old used to hire them to the do king's this. Fool. And, yeah. 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 yeah you, you, you've got to have that person. Yeah. You were just a captain. You were just a captain. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get a graphic then of the neutral zone. And obviously it's, considerably updated from what we saw in Balance of Terror. However, the actual labelling effects, there's a big thing in Balance of Terror that people have talked about for years, like, is it a mistake? Is it a typo? And it lists the Romulan planets, and there's Romulus. 
and you would expect the other one to be Remus, but it's not. It's on the screen as ROM 2 or ROM II. Um, yeah. And people have talked about it for years, and I thought, are they going to correct it in this? But they don't. It still says ROM 2, so I was like, brilliant. That's a great little detail. May I? Because I think I know the answer to this. Being a descendant of Ireland through my mother, you've got Derry, which is also known as London Derry. Mm-hmm. That's what Romulus and Rom 2 is. The people from Romulus, Romulus call it Rom 2. Yeah. People on there call it uh, yeah, Remus. Remus. Like, I think yeah. you'll find we're called Remus. Like, you'll be called what we tell you. Now, shut up. It's yeah, Rom, exactly. I, I think there's a bit of casual um, Romulan racism there. Yeah. That's Maybe that's that. where the ones with the ridges on the foreheads live is Rom 2 <laughs> at the moment before they... <laughs> Or they mix with each other. Uh, and then They another... used to be one society, but then they had a uh, romsit, yeah. which was the separation. Anyway. No, sorry, that... I interrupted you for that shit joke. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that joke was every bit as good as when you did it about the Klingons, and it was a Klingon yeah, yeah. So, And I did it about every other species yeah, that's come on. it's yeah. fine. We, we'll have another one soon as well, so it's good. That's fine, yeah, yeah. Um, another original series callback, and we talked about this a bit earlier when they had the um, commemorative badges. On the space station, they've actually got a different badge instead of yeah. the Enterprise Delta, and it does match the one from Balance of Terror. So I'm sure this creates all sorts of continuity problems and people will be tearing uh, their hair like, out, but to be f- it's a lovely sort of callback. Like, is it a continuity problem if it's not a Delta, but it's the same badge that they had in the original series? Uh, well, exactly. So yeah, it, it, go- it goes back to being an original series continuity error again yeah. now. Yeah, but I well, don't think... Is, is it a continuity error? Because you've had this thing before. Whenever they've got new uniforms... We know the real reason why they're using the old uniforms in the background is to save on budget while they make more. However, in show, it's just like it's transitional period where they're going over to new uniforms. I like to think on the ships they had their own deltas and then... This is a transition period where some ships are still still using the old ones and, you know, they're they're transitioning over. They'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, Like, they have uh, their retrofitting them and taking them all the new stuff. That's true. But then Uh, they've still got it. They have been there they have been asking for all the new stuff for five years. But they've still got the different badges in the flash forward, so <laughs> you know what? It, go on Memory Alpha and see what they've made of it. I'm sure there's lots of debate and things like that. I don't think that's the biggest continuity problem people are complaining about. I don't about. think it is, but <laughs> I thought I thought I it know was... what the big one is oh. that you're all complaining about. Oh, we'll get yeah. there then. Um. So then... On the station, and this is where it ties back to the earlier episodes, we get the one of the cadets, or one of the cadets before he becomes a cadet. And it sparks Pike's idea that, oh, maybe I can save these kids, and he starts writing the letter. And that's mm. when we get future Pike, or Admiral Pike. Uh, I like how it's in the movie era uniform, but it's been slightly updated. Yeah, they've modernised it again. Before we go into that, just... I did think, I, the one thing I was hoping for from this episode, and it's a, it's a trifling point, but I hoped at the end he would go back and see the kid and go, hey, sorry about before sluggy, good luck and everything. Because basically, from that kid's point of view, his hero, he's going to go, oh, i got a million questions. God, you're my best, mm. my favourite Kevin from Starfleet. Sorry, I'm feeling sick. I'm out of here, kid. And he, like, it, it's, <laughs> like, the uh, way he delivers yeah. it. So, like, Another that guy thing... has just had his hero just 
destroy him and he still joins Starfleet. That's how much of a hero that kid is. Maybe he's like, I'm going to prove him wrong. <laughs> or actually, maybe the subplot is that kid causes the accident. He's like, oh, Captain Pike's visiting. I'm going to plant this plasma bomb and we'll see, yeah. won't we? And then it just goes wrong and he ends up getting caught in it as well. Um, but another thing is when Pike goes, I'm not feeling so well, he goes, number one and Mr. Spock will answer your questions. And then the very next scene, number one follows him out and it's like, if you Spock, you sat there going, I can't believe it, they're both pissed yeah. off. Like, Yeah, and then <laughs> in their reality, Spock goes out about five minutes later. Yeah, to see him. <laughs> exactly. So that meeting does not go well. Um, but then, yeah, so he turns up, he's got the Wrath of Khan uniform, but it has been modernised like they've done it's with all the other pads. ones. Yeah, it's got the sort of leather effect on the, yeah. on the arm. And it goes down a little bit more, I think. Yeah, but it's very recognisable as what it's meant oh, God, to yeah. be and everything. Yeah. And be honest with you, if anything, I think... I, I was be... thinking, what a bunch of twats, because I need to replace my uniform. <laughs> well, now you can get the newer ones. Uh... I know. See, the thing was, I was thinking, the change is so minor, why even bother? They should have just yeah. stuck with, like... I mean, they didn't offend me, but it's like... Why, well, why they just put the reality is they'll have had to make a new uniform anyway, so why not? They will, but yeah, I mean, again, it's one of them ones that certain... There will be fans who this really makes them angry, because arguably, updating the original series uniforms, we've talked about a million times, like, it was such a long time ago, and TV was different, and cameras were different, and colours were different in how the cameras... So, well, we've talked about the colour anyway. Yeah, exactly. We were told by the studio to put more colour so, in. So... After the pilot, because of how much money they yeah. just spent to go colour. My, my point is, you can, you can see why they'd update the original series ones. The movie ones, there's nothing wrong with them. They no, didn't really a... need an update. So I can see some fans being, like, like Squee just said, you know... Why why do it when you don't need Because to? it's an alternate timeline, so you can get it as an alternate timeline. Ah, you're right, the, technically. Uh, yeah, te it just doesn't matter at all. I mean, like, it's such a mind changer. No, it doesn't bother me. I, I wonder why bother, but it didn't offend me one iota. Like, it's like the original series the uniforms. Cadet, they're so true to them. Because what you don't realise is you're a cadet that is saved, that died, that is when he's altered the timeline. Didn't join Starfleet. It instead went on to become a fashion designer. There it is, yeah. Well, no, he, he did join Starfleet. He had a leather fetish. I like to think he did did join Starfleet, but like after a very uh, crisis there, he then went off to Deep Space Nine where he made a simple tailor who drove yeah. him his friend. <laughs> it's like in the, in the te Kelvin timeline, <coughs> there was clearly someone aboard the Kelvin who died who thought that we should have red buzzard collectors, whereas, <laughs> yes. and then he died, yeah. and in the Kelvin timeline, they thought, no, let's have blue buzzard collectors. So there you go. Now, the credits, and I wasn't paying full attention the first time, so this didn't bother me. But after they had the whole thing, of they revealed that um, there was a new person cast as Kirk, and they said he's in season two to throw us off the scent. And everything, they list him on the credits. And it's like, no. oh, I can't believe oh. you've done that again after you did it in so many times in Picard. Like, it's meant to be a surprise. Don't list. I know it might be a Screen Actors Guild thing or it might be the guy's um, agent going, I want an on-screen credit. It, it's actually a lot <laughs> to do with um, the agents how they negotiate yeah. in things. That's I'm why, so um, oh, what's his name? Isn't it in the Wolf of Khan credits? 
Because, I mean, if you're going to oh, no, go there. Who played, played Khan second in Yeah, Khan. yeah. Yeah, and it's because his agent wanted him build with the, like, original crew members. And he went, no. And his agent went, fine, I'll, I'll waive credit. Yeah, it's just one of the, and if it is a thing like that, it's the compromise is usually what you do is you have their name be the first name that appears when the episode finishes. So instead yeah. of producer or whatever it goes, guest special star. guest star, uh, that's the yes. usual compromise. But Yeah, because that's crazy, because if he's going to be in however many episodes of season two, He'll have plenty of exposure. Exactly. And this is a I surprise mean... thing. And if anything, I think the ball and move of suddenly appearing in the episode is supposed to be credited. Again, like you, I didn't notice it. I was lucky. But the ball and move is you suddenly appear, and that adds so much more drama to your appearance that it's better it for your career, I think. And Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know what the reason was for it, but they did the same thing with Freaks in the finale of season one of Picard. It's like, just stop. Spoiling did it with uh, Jerry Ryan when she came into yeah, the card? when she was in right at the end. Yeah, so just stop doing it. If there's a surprise guest character, we don't want them in the opening credits. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, might be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. And I like the sort of callbacks to the Klingons and the Time Crystals and everything like that. Like, oh, you, yeah. you get that addressed directly. Like, no, it's them who've sent me, you know. Because we, we, we've made a mess of it, really. So. And I, I've got to say, they're very tight with the logic on this one. So it's like, right, I'm sent by, back by the time crystals. I've seen alternate futures. So if you try and pop around here, it's not going to work. Yeah. I know that. You know, like they cover any questions which the audience might yeah. ask, which is all I ask. Even if it's just sometimes a, a pseudoscience thing or if it's a one-line explainer, which, like, you know, the, the, the version of the... Um, what I always go to is the um, Heisenberg Compensators, which yeah, is named yeah. after the problem. How do they work very, very well? Thank you, was Gene Roddenberry's answer every yeah. time it's gone. Perfect example. You just need a line to explain, and they do this every time. Yeah, they do. And I appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah, and the setup is really basic. It's, okay, I want you to see where it all goes wrong so that you know not to mess up again. And... Yeah. Effectively, this is one of those episodes that we moaned a lot about in Voyager where it, this episode doesn't happen to all intents and purposes. You know, this is a five-minute <laughs> episode. Pike goes and has a chat with some cadets. He feels a bit sick. He goes back to his quarters for five minutes, and that's it, you know. But yeah. And Una's already left the room after five minutes. Spock's had enough, so he's off yeah. to check on Pike. So... I mean, can I just... Uh, when you first saw Pike, though, are there... Two people, or any one person you thought he looked like, no. like older, older Pike. Sorry, not specifically. No, I'm interested to see people. where you go with this. I think it's the most he's looked, and he already looks quite a lot like Jeffrey, um, the original rank two. Yeah, right, Jeffrey Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, Jeffrey Hunter. I think he looks the most like him, older, mm. like as if he's been right. aged. Yeah, I can see the that. other one. I thought, and and perfect timing, like um, R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Really? Uh, yeah, the, I can see he that. He looked very Ray Liotta. Like, Ray Liotta, yeah. with no disrespect to, to, to the wonder which was Ray Liotta, the God rest his soul. It's like Ray Liotta, at, at his thinness he was when he was younger, but but how he looked when he was older, mixed in. Right, yeah. I see. I can see that, yeah. Um, then, yeah, it, 
they go back and he he's in this wedding now. And this was the first point I started to wonder if this is what they were going to do. So I'm like, oh, that's like in Balance of Terror. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't 100% on, yeah, that's what they're doing. I, I got it quite point. early on, though, it was Balance of Terror. Like, as soon as I started that, the time crystal and that they'd been to the outpost. Yeah. It was sort of, yeah, they're going there somehow. Yeah. Although... This was the least, uh, you know, it's the only kind of, like, again, it's a, a quibbling qualm because I know he's just travelled through time and everything, but I reckon Pike's fast-talking enough that he could bluff a wedding ceremony. You'd have thought so, yeah, like he'd have done one before. I think before, it was just or... drawn, drawn a bit because it suddenly, it, it literally goes into the future and he's there. Yeah. But I just think he's it, that good that he could bluff a wedding. Of circumstances and everything. It's kind of like Picard in All Good Things. It took him a while to get into the swing of it to the point where I could just pick up where he left off. So Yeah, thing. but you see, that's the difference. Picard, when he goes to the future, Picard, especially in that time, they were exploring the fact that he was getting less uptight and more mm. relaxed around people as he got older. However, he's the person who would worry about the duty first, whereas I reckon Pike would be going, I don't want to fuck up anyone's wedding here. Let's make yeah. sure I, like, you know, I think he would have bluffed it better. That's, but again, quibbling point. So speaking of people being more uptight and everything, I love Ethan Peck, Spock, in this episode because, and I feel like this had credence to my argument that we are seeing Spock develop to where he was because, yeah. to me, this is the most Nimoy he's ever felt. It felt to me like a completely different performance and I could see immediately, just from the way he held himself, the way he talked, that this is a different Spock. This is Spock further along his journey to... Embracing yeah. more of his Vulcan side, and I just thought he was absolutely outstanding in this episode. Um, okay. And I like that Pike confides in him immediately, and they do the mind meld and everything. And oh. I wonder if I don't know, like whether some Vulcan mumbo jumbo will come in and like present Spock will somehow remember bits of this mind meld or so, you know, so that he's experienced what Pike is. But I don't know. Oh, I hope not. That ruins the timeline <laughs> if they do that. I suppose no, it I does. No, I don't think it'll do but that. I, I like the idea of Spock having experienced Pike's pain effectively. I and... do like that. But to me, I I hate anything which, like, when I watch the original series episodes, it takes away. And if he saw the Romulans on the screen for the first oh, time... Oh, no, I'm not talking about the Romulans. And there wasn't the same choice. I mean, yeah, if, but it's if, like, he, if he just gets memories of what Pike shows him in this mind meld, so... No, it, I don't think he will. I don't. No, think maybe he won't. He probably won't. But Unless he has another mind meld with Pike and then mm. And then he can, that's the easier way of doing it, yeah. I mean, already we've seen... It's Kirk's brother, so, you know... Like, yeah, I mean, true. It's very, very forgetful when he gets older. Yeah, and then there's some interesting placement in the timeline here because Spock says it's six months after that accident, which means that in this timeline, Balance of Terror happens after the Menagerie. But if you look at the original series in broadcast order, Balance of Terror does happen after the Menagerie, but in production order, it's the other way around. So I yeah. feel like finally, canonically, they're saying the broadcast order is the correct order, which throws up its own problems, and it means the Man Trap is the first ever episode, which makes no sense. But if that's if 
if that's the way they want to go with it, it's the way most people watch it. It's, if you're going to go technically, the cage is the first episode. Well, yes, technically. <laughs> but um, so you, most people watch it in broadcast orders. That's the way it is in all the streaming services. It's the way yeah. it is on the DVDs. The only time I remember it being shown in production order was when Sky re-showed it in the late 80s, early 90s. They showed it in British TV and also the British VHSs had it in production order. But to my knowledge, that's the only time it's ever been done that way. Yeah, because I remember when they had... Um, it was James Doohan, uh, Walter Kinoig and uh, George Kay would do the intros oh, to the yeah. anniversary ones. And I think they were the first release which put it in production order. They were, I think the original releases were in... No, they uh, weren't. The, no, order. the original release was still in production order. Are you sure? I am sure. Because I thought in the intros to the 30th anniversary, they said this is the first time they've been releasing this one. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was the Maybe first... Maybe I'm misremembering. It was the first time they released them three episodes per tape. And I'd know if that arsehole at weekend hadn't been such a... You would. ...on him to charge what he wanted for his video. <laughs> <laughs> and... Anyone. Several years. <laughs> and it's probably put them in a bin now, so... I don't. It, was only, it was only two episodes of DVD, wasn't it, still? It was two episodes of tape the first time a they tape, released sorry. it. Um, but then they put three on for that that one with the was interviews it? on it. Yeah. Oh, I don't um, remember that. Yeah, that was the, the re-release of it. And that was a strong argument for the skip chapter button that we now have on DVDs, because... The first time you listened to the stories, you were like, oh, what a nice story. <laughs> but then the second time, you're like, yeah, I just want to watch the episode now. And you had to fast forward 10 minutes of George Takei oh, telling the story. You the know. saddest one was, it was like, it was James George Doohan. George great with his stories. He is, but I, the one I want to I want to give, a, like the one which was really sad was James Doohan. He was still doing pretty well, considering he was doing, doing with Alzheimer's, but he was in, in the midst of basically his mind decaying from uh, Alzheimer's mm. or whatever it was, like particular, like I think it was Alzheimer's. And so you could tell sometimes you just lose the thread of what he's saying and just pause and then mid-sentence and it was just, yeah, I felt so bad because it's like, again, to be able to tell the stories as well as he did into that progression is still very impressive. But it just felt really, I yeah. felt sorry for him, which I don't want to feel for someone so great. You know? No, I, I only had a couple of those. So I think I only had ones with um, George Takei's stories and... Yeah, yeah, I mean... Did he mention teacups? I can't remember. <laughs> um, but, yeah, George... It's not a George Takei story if you haven't got a teacup in it. That's it. I mean, uh, Elliot's referring to when we, we saw him at a convention once, and he is brilliant because you, you get a lot of these interviews on stage at conventions, and it's all on the interviewer. And as an interviewer yourself, Dr. Squee, you know sometimes you have to work quite hard to to get a story out of someone. George Takei sits down and he does a 20-minute monologue of his best stories before the interviewer has to even say a word. And then yeah, he opens it up to everyone else. He's just... He knows the, the main stories you want to hear. Then he's happy to let everyone else lead it. But he's just so good at it. I, and I'll tell you why I think that is. I think because George had to go through so many years of not being himself or denying a part of himself, at least... To the media, like, you know, mm. he said that everyone on set pretty much knew, apart from uh, Shatner, because he was oblivious, which you'd believe. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he had so many years of making these compromises. When he released himself as himself, I think he just now, it's like, 
I'm just going to have a good time with this. Like, and, you know, like, yeah, I don't know and, what you're going to take out of this, but I'm going to have a good time. And that is what comes across from him all the time, mm. that he, he is enjoying himself. <coughs> He's great. Um, and think about it. Sorry, just one more George Takei Takei moment. It's the fact that he had to go through that with his identity as a gay man. After going through all that as a Japanese American oh, through the internment yeah. camps, all that, yeah. all that, which went into it, and then he had to hide who he was in this other way. After many Japanese Americans having to hide something about themselves earlier on, mm. just think of the floodgates which opened when he just was like, "I'm just me." Yeah, girl, I'm just like, oh my, that's me. I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, I mean, he is a remarkable person in lots of ways, you know. But, Sorry, I know but, it's a tangent, but... but like you say, he's the things he's been through. Yeah, mm. he, the point is, you know what? You shouldn't fast forward his story on them VHSs. I take it back, listen to what George has to say. <coughs> um, right. be very forgiving if Doohan, James Doohan loses his place. Yeah, he was going through some stuff. So, yeah, they get the distress call then. And this is word for word, isn't it, from what we get in Balance yeah. of Terror. And there's a lot of instances in the episode where that's <laughs> the case. And I just think that's great. And I, I think what's beautiful about this episode is it works on two levels. Like, you could watch this if you'd never seen Balance of Terror. And yeah. you'd get the central story. Yeah, it's a morality thing for Pike. Um, but when you've seen it, it adds so much more to it. And I've seen online people saying, oh, I watched this with my partner or I watched this with my son or whatever it is. And then afterwards I said, right, you need to watch Balance of Terror. And that's that's how they've hooked them into the original series. And I think that's great. <laughs> and then if you've not seen the actor's name in the credits, alarm bells start going off when they say it's the Farragut. You're like, oh, yeah. I know what that means. And, and he also pays reference to the, um, oh, God, the one from the Kelvin. Yes. I, yeah, the yeah, one, I like, almost said the one from the Kelvin timeline. That's what I almost said there. Yeah, Just point out my own idiocy in my own mind. Yeah, they mentioned the Kelvin later on, which is great. Um, nicely done, nicely done. I love this introduction to Kirk, and we'll, we'll talk about what we think about the performance in a minute, but the fact that, albeit in an alternate timeline we see the first meeting between Kirk and Spock and it's this conversation over the view screen, but it it doesn't dull the fact that, whoa, this is a monumentous thing, is the first time yeah. these two people meet. And the fact that they spark off each other straight away, it's like, oh, that's a good point, Mr. Spock. Yeah, I just think it's brilliant. And you've got to play that moment come twice because they also have that moment when they're in the uh, captain's ready room for Pike. Yeah. And then it's like, captain, captain. And like uh, Kirk gives him a little nod. I thought I was just saying about the moment of them meeting face to face as well. It, again, it didn't feel forced, but it felt like you've got that moment twice. One of them meeting for the first time on the view screen and then them mm -hmm. meeting in person. And the three of them being there in the room, that did feel really exciting to me. Yeah, it was really good stuff. So what, what do we think about the, the performances, Kirk, then? Uh, I mean, Ellie, do you want to go first? Um... Yeah, we're both doing the same place. I'm sort of... <laughs> his performance was all right, mm. but I didn't buy him as being Kirk. That was it. That was yeah. my thing exactly. I there thought was he was a great actor. Wrong with his acting. No. Yeah. But he wasn't Kirk. Yeah. He, he even... I could even see the moments when he was trying to call William Chandler where he gave a slight pause before mm. the next word. And I could see those beats and it's like, I appreciate you trying. 
However, you have not got an ounce of the swagger of no, that's like you it. really need to be a big blowhard to be William Shatner, like to be that character. Like, I mean, you, you look at Pine's portrayal, it was totally different from uh William Shatner's. However, he had that swagger, yeah, it was his own swagger, but it portrayed that part of it. That's so, it's yeah. like the difference between playing the same, playing the actor or playing the character, and Pine played the character, not the actor, with a couple yeah. of nods to the actor. This guy was playing a complete new character, it felt like. And again, even yeah, though yeah. I really appreciate the moment of him, Spock, and Pike in the same room, it never felt like um like it was uh, Kirk. Like it was Kirk, no. no and I, he has to bring that in next series if he's yeah, going to. To a large extent, I, I agree. I, I feel like, like there wasn't all, the charisma there that you need also from Kirk. If next season it nails the charisma and swagger. You can look back on this and go, this is because it's an alternate timeline. Yeah, sure. And he wasn't the youngest captain in Starfleet history who was immediately made captain of the flagship. Yeah. That is something <laughs> yeah. that I did wonder. And going back to the fact that... That I, is actually in a different timeline, so he hasn't had ooh. the huge promotion yeah. that Kirk had had. I, I think, if you look, this episode to me confirms that Ethan Peck absolutely gets it and he is modulating his performance as Spock and like you just said then I wonder if this is deliberately not the way he's gonna play Kirk because exactly like you said this isn't the Kirk that we know and I I feel I feel like the end of this episode is Pike's like right I'm gonna I'm gonna take an interest in this guy's career and I wonder if the Kirk that we know is the Kirk we know because of Pike's influence. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to meet him a little oh. bit younger. And Pike's going to carve a diamond out of the rough kind of thing and make him even better than he would have been. You could also chuck in there. If when Pike, because Pike, to begin with, thinks he's a brash kind of know it or mm. whatever, he's worried about this guy and following his lead. Whereas maybe if when he meets him again when he's younger, for the first time, but he remembers meeting him before, you could play it almost like he meets him again thinking, oh, God, I trust this guy now. And then he meets him and he's womanising. Yeah, yeah, that could be And maybe it builds up that mistrust again, which he then has to get over. I think, yeah, I think we're going to see Pike knocking the rough edges off of Kirk. And I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here that this performance doesn't feel like Kirk because it's not the Kirk we know. Because it's an alternate timeline, and, yeah. And I'll add to this also that, you know, again, I agree. I, I, I just want to point this out because I know I've been sometimes harsh on these spots earlier on. Not like the acting of Ethan Peck. I've never said that it's anything but great, but just of the way they've characterised it. The thing is with that character is if you make them... If you make Spock less logical, you kind of lose a bit of the USP. With Kirk, yeah, you do need the swagger to be Kirk. But in this, his USP seemed very clear that he thought differently to Pike. Yeah, definitely. So I I, I think that's what was missing for me very early doors in this show for Spock. They made him so human to make him not special in the show. Yeah, I guess. That's how he was in the cage. But, and yeah, I know, but that was one episode, and even even in the cage, though there were moments of him being very logical. Yeah, I just I don't know. It just it, it felt like <clears> the beginning <throat> of this um, of Strange New Worlds. I couldn't see the point of Spock in this. I must admit. Whereas now I really do, and they build him up. Now they've 
added a few more logical edges. I would like to see more of the struggle between the humanity and the logic. Whereas I think we're going to get that. They stayed really into the humanity mm. and kind of lost the logic. That's what was missing for me in the earlier episodes. Yeah, but as I say, I think this shows how deliberate that's been. Completely, completely. Um, I just think they might have misplayed it earlier on with yeah. how much they lean towards the No, end. I get it, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I like the way what they've done is, even though we've got different characters on the bridge, like some of them are the same, but they've taken... <laughs> traits and roles and lines that other people had and reassigned them like Ortegas now is the one who just wants to go after them and you don't have the oh forget the guy's name but the the yeah. guy who really didn't like the Romulans and got really funny with um Spock and everything I can't think of his name off top of head. um but yeah and so a lot of his I lines won't stand for any, uh, I won't stand for that on my bridge yeah uh, uh, this also does suggest as well that when Pike left, like most of the crew went, fuck it, I'm out. I, I'm yeah, tough. They, were, <laughs> they really did lean on the seven, uh, Strange New Worlds crew being on the on the ship. Yeah, I seven years, yeah. though. I don't know. But I like what we've done with Ortegas and Lan. Like, we've basically swapped them. Like, Ortegas is now, instead of being the fun-loving one, he's really hard-edged. And Lan has gone all soft and fluffy. You know, it's... Yeah. I really yes. like this idea of, whoa, so what, what's happened that's caused this? And then I like the fact that Kirk, even though he's not in charge now, brings in elements of what he does in Balance of Terror. You know, it's like, right, well, we'll, we'll shadow them and follow them. And you're like, yeah, oh, that was Kirk's idea in the original. So yeah. It's, we'll see the we'll see the trail in the comic. Yeah. And it, and it was also a nice way of showing the... Um, even though Kirk's a bit more hard line with the Romulans, he still does have that humanity. So when Pike goes like, "Hey, can we do this with a bit of diplomacy?" Kirk tries to bring in that yeah, he does that so, like that element of it to it. So it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that Pike goes right. I want to speak to Sam and get his thoughts on Jim Kirk. And yeah, it's one of them. Like uh, we said this when we looked at Lower Decks, the episode of TNG, which is you see Riker from the Lower Decks perspective and you're like well of course if Riker was your boss you'd think he's a knobhead and yeah. it's like of course if Kirk's your younger brother you would think he's a dickhead it's you know it was so nicely done though it really brought home that thing of like uh, not only with brothers but also your best mates it's that other thing it's like yeah it can be a right dick but like he's our dick he's he's like yeah, yeah there's no implying that but he's, a, he's a really good captain. He's actually really yeah. good. He's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But 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 <laughs> Starfleet has no finer captain. That was just a really beautiful yeah, line. And was... again, I I would have I appreciate that a lot more than him just going. It's like yes, he's just wonderful. Like like he's saying, it's like he's got these things to him. He will play poker with these things. He will take risks. But yeah. he is a great captain. I think a, an interesting little nuance that I thought with Kirk is he says. When you know, once we get the reveal of the Romulan and we, we do get the replay of Spock raising the eyebrow and everything, and that's brilliant. Um, Which apparently is the first time in Strange New Worlds, just quickly. Ah, yeah. So Kirk raises the question of, well, you know, it, isn't it a bit convenient that now's the time they've chosen to do it? And I don't remember him asking that in Balance of Terror. And it made no. me think, right, so this is a Kirk who doesn't know Spock. So therefore, he's more suspicious of the fact that we're getting 
this connection to Vulcan's oh, revealed. I didn't pick up That's on that. Nice. I like, thought yeah. that, that must be the reason, because in the original timeline, he knows that Spock's absolutely trustworthy, and it wouldn't occur to him that there's anything suspicious about it. So I thought that was a nice little wrinkle to it. I like that. I didn't pick up on that either. I mean, we, you know, spoiler alert, we are going to do Balance of Terror next week, so... Maybe I'm wrong, and he he does actually do that. But if run, not, um, run deep, run slow. Oh yeah, run silent, run deep. The film, yeah. Run silent, run deep. Um, then that's your homework, isn't that porno? Wrong sign, run silent, run deep. Yeah, no, that's, that's a different one. That's your homework for next week. Uh, <laughs> porno. <laughs> yeah, he does that for so, free. You um, don't need to assign that. Run as his silent, homework. run deep. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, I'm a single man. It's fine. I already do the porn. So <laughs> then they have the briefing and everything. And again, like we said, they divvy up the lines. So Ortegas gets some of the lines that were someone else's. Mabenga gets, um, I think, Bones' lines, which makes sense. Um, and Spock gets exactly the same lines where he says, you know, if they are still the way we were, then yeah. uh, attack might be the best option or whatever it is. So I thought that was brilliant. Yes. And, and then we do see, like, they come to a bit of a compromise. You know, Kirk wants to destroy them. Pike wants to try and be diplomatic. And they agree, OK, we'll we'll ambush them, but we'll just capture them instead of... We'll, um, just, uh, we'll just shoot them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work out very well for the Farragut. And this is the first of a few... Interesting directorial choices that I've picked up on in this episode. So, the Farragut, we see it doing a loop-de-loop, but then we see a shot of Kirk on the Farragut, and he's upside down, and it's like, that's not how space works. No, and he's got inertial dampers. Yeah, it, I, I know it looks cool in the moment, but these are not fighter planes. Like, they, this isn't Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I must admit, that's one shot. Shot that really irked me. It didn't look right. It, yeah, it like it stood out as no. Like that, we, that's not how we, we do used it. We get the series like if they were doing like rocking about, they're getting shot, and we're doing a tight turn at speed. Yeah, maybe go a bit, but they wouldn't go upside down. No, and that's never happened in Star Trek. No, there's no upside down in space. It's I mean, it looks cool in the moment, and it it adds some kineticism to the action scene, but very silly. Can I just check the upside-down shot? Sorry, I'm just trying to remember. When you see them going upside-down, is that from our perspective, though, or do they, does their hair kind of fall? Um, no, just from our perspective. Just from our perspective, yeah, it's shown so up. At least, down. at least within their world, they could be the right... Yeah, the right true, way true. Well, so, it is because they don't fall out the chair because she ain't got a seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, very true. So at least the shot's only for our benefit. <laughs> right, so it's just, them. yeah, it's just an artistic flourish, but um, yeah. not one I was immensely fond of. No, but it but takes a little bit of the sin off it. If it they does. didn't, like if their hair started flopping yeah. down, then it'd be going, yeah, whoa, it's whoa, just, whoa. Uh, it's like, yeah, when you put slow-mo in something, they're not actually moving in slow-mo, unless it's the Matrix, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're not actually moving in slow motion. Um... Then, yeah, we land beams over and she's lovely now. And we get this thing about Una being incommunicado. She's been in uh, high security for seven years. Yeah, so that's going to pay off later in the episode. But I like uh, yeah, how yeah, they, yeah. they layer that in for didn't, the, um, the cliffhanger. Didn't Spock at the make end. a reference to it earlier he as did. well? He did, yeah, he said. Yeah. 
that's the one which really irked me. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jim. No, go ahead. Oh, no, all I was going to say was it's like he says, um, I thought you even knew in her in your time she was deceptive or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, but if you, rem like, you would remember that no one else knew and that yeah. it wasn't, that I she wasn't in prison. Like, he acts as if, what are you, a dick or something? Like, you don't know that she's in prison? It's like, she wasn't in prison at that time. I think what it was more getting at <coughs> is, you know, I, I thought you knew that she was genetically enhanced, so I'd have thought you'd have worked it out sort of thing. But, yeah, I can see it being misconstrued. Uh, maybe it's just being patronising logical Spock. Yeah, which, which yeah, is I'll very in keeping with Spock sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the interplay between Kirk and Pike. Like, Kirk... Is questioning Pike's reluctance to fight, and Pike comes back with, "Well, if you mean am I less willing to take risks than you are, then yes." And oh, yeah. what about the SmackDown uh, line that he gives? Yeah, Willow, Willow wants to talk about this. Yeah, what's up, Willow? Yeah, when he says, "Oh yeah, and your ships and smithereens," yeah. like, he just bust out like that proves that he's not playing the Kirk Reno because the Kirk Reno would have gone like. Uh, it was because of what you decided to do that my ship got it. <laughs> yeah, like, he would have yeah. defended himself to the hill. There's no way Kirk backs down and goes, no, nah, fair comment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, he's Pike's, Pike's going to temper some of his worst impulses, but also maybe make him a bit more confident in himself and more willing to take the bull by the horns. I don't know. Yeah. Um, see, that's an interesting question is, would this version of Kirk have done as well as Prime Kirk, and maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I just think, again, yeah. without missing swagger, I think, no matter what you think of, of Kirk's reign as uh, Captain of the Enterprise, I think that mm. was key to it. It was the fact that he was that confident in any situation, uh, whether it be with the ladies or with the, <laughs> like, the Romulans or the Klingons or whatever, that was key to the character. Yeah. I... I, I yeah, I just hope you guys are right that they will then make this right in the next series. That this, well, that's that version of. I feel like the that's the like, plan. This I hope is so. Seven years of uh, changes to the timeline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there's not just that Pike is still the captain of the Enterprise. Mm. All sorts of other stuff has happened. Yeah. That we do, that yeah. We're not seeing here. Yeah, because I also enjoy that. From the, yeah. I'd also enjoy that from the perspective when you see the Kelvin timeline, you see he's even more rebellious, even more unhinged, basically, because yeah. he has another stable upbringing, like he's he got yeah. raised by his uncle, which he didn't like. So it's made him more off the rails. And like this version is a kind of like a softened version of Kirk. So yeah. it's kind of like if they are doing that, I, I love it because that shows the shows like who you're raised by what experiences you have do to affect who you become and i still think we should get captain kirk in the multiverse of madness and bring back shatner bring back chris pine and please please just, just do one on crossover that. thing with star trek why yeah. are they not doing it yet I mean, why they, have they not done this why is star trek so slow to do this this is close to a crossover you know this is it's as close, close as we're a genuine get one now. with people with actors from different shows yeah crossing over. we're gonna like they used to do that. when voyager and uh and voyager um next generation and deep space nine when they were on screen at the same time you had a few little crossovers yeah we did but they Probably have right to voyager, do a huge crossover we had voyager and star trek six crossover yeah but you've you've soon got well mm, kind of I mean, you've got yeah, so yeah. We've, you've, we've no, no. You've got two. Oh, yeah. The guy who plays two. He went two up to the 
Voyage of um, the Excelsior was Zulu. Oh no, sorry, yeah, sorry, the Voyager did the sorry, I was doing I was thinking the the other way, Star Trek Six crossing over with mm. no, yeah, Star Voyager Trek Six goes Star into Trek Voyager. Six. No, no, I get you, sorry. I thought you were referencing two rock. It's like, well, it wasn't really playing two rock. No, I get what you mean now. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, the bit for me is um, it's the fact that this is the first time, and you've just got the last time Patrick Shears pretty much said this. The last time he's going to play Picard is in this le- next series. You've got one last opportunity to get the next generation crew in a time travel wacky adventure yeah. with all the other yeah. different time zones. You could. You could use Q for it. You could use whatever you want, and you could have this happening. In fact, this episode kind of felt a bit Q esque. It did. It's a like bit, I would, yeah. If you could rewrite this very easily to include Q, oh, I yeah, absolutely you could. And that'd be cool if a if Pike met Q, and they'd have to do a bit of wrangling for why didn't he mention it or whatever. But mm, that'd be interesting. Anyway, yeah. um, Kirk then has his backup plan, and I love. That you get the you get like music cues from the movies come in at mm. this point, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be a good plan from Kirk. And then we get we hear a Scottish engineer who's not a miracle worker, which yeah, you know, I've got to say, not the best Scottish impression. But I no. I try to look it up who did it. It's, I can't find anywhere. There is an actor credited, but the credited is an engineer. So it's not. Oh, who was it? Is anyone? It's nobody. It? Nobody mega mega famous. When I heard the voice, and I heard it was like it was a very cheesy Scottish accent, which some have claimed James Doohan's was. But um, when I heard it, I was wondering if it was one of the crew, one of the rest of the crew doing. It's probably listed as engineer. Mm. Because if they do want to bring Scott here, exactly same as they don't want to tie themselves to somebody. Yeah, same as they did with Cyborg. Like, you can show back of his head, you can have a vocal cameo, and you can get away with recasting if you decide to do it later. Oh, I... I, I this is the heaviest suggestion, certainly, that they're going to use Scotty as the next engineer. Well, uh, the uh, showrunners have said they're not. They've said they wanted to do that as a little nod, uh, and we might get to Scotty, but <laughs> not yet. So yeah. it's going to be a different no, engineer next season. I don't season. think we should have Scotty yet. I think we've got enough of the original crew. I think we have. I agree. At the moment, with Uhura, Nurse Chapel, Spark and Mabenga. I think it's enough of a nod to the original crew members without yeah, I think going so. really. We don't, as much as I love the original series, I'm enjoying Strange New Worlds. I like, I'm liking yeah, I this series of new Trek. No, I, I agree, I agree. And I, I'm going to miss Hemner. I think he was amazing. He was. Well, yeah. uh, we are meant to be getting, not Hemner, but the actor. More of the actor, back. yeah, they've yeah, said. He's been recast for season two. Yeah, they've said else. he might not be done, nice. so, yeah. Oh, God, but please say he comes in as the next engineer, the, uh, just without prosthetics. That'd be good, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Bruce Horax, is it? No, who plays loads of characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Coombs. Jeffrey yeah, Coombs. Jeffrey yeah. Coombs. I reckon he could. How they wanting to use him, he could be the new Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, he that could be. Gonna, that's what they, they did with Admiral Forrest when they killed him off. I, I actually, he, he told me this personally, funnily enough. The actor who plays him, uh, Vaughn. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something Vaughn. 
he was saying it's like they go, it's like, yeah, we're gonna kill our family first. And they go, he's going, he's like, you son of a bitch, it's like we're just going last night. He's like, don't worry, you'll just come back. You'll just yeah. be loads of aliens and stuff. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, he pretty much had another series out of it, like about the same amount of cameos as he did in any other. And he'd been in loads of other Star Treks before yeah. his aliens. So yeah. They're very loyal to actors, which I like that yeah. they're continuing. The I like the way they take what was a subplot in Balance of Terror, which was that you had a bit of tension between the Romulan commander and the sub-commander. And they build that into a massive big turn in the plot here that the sub-commander goes behind the back and actually summons the fleet and everything. And then Kirk, this is very Kirk, that he basically comes up with a bluff. It's like the Carbamite manoeuvre, you know. <laughs> yes. But it's very clever and it makes sense and everything. Can I just ask, with, with uh, the no, look of... This is the biggest controversy in the episode. Oh, go on. When the Romulan fleet walks in. Mm -hmm. Because in Balance of Terror, the Romulans don't have warp capability. Ah. But I have no problem with the Romulan fleet warping in. No. Because back in the original series, episode 14, we got warp drive and impulse drive, and it hadn't really been... No, it had not been established. were or anything yeah. at the time. And yeah. it makes no sense to have a Romulan star empire for a species that hasn't got light travel, otherwise it'd be hundreds of Yeah, you couldn't have a star away. empire. Yeah, also, like, we've it... got this big scary enemy, have they got walk? Nah. Like, so yeah. basically you just have to outrun them? Unless it's just, you know, the Romulan Star <laughs> Empire is literally just Romulus and Rom 2, and they've just given it a ridiculously over-the-top <laughs> title. But, yeah, yeah I... Wouldn't... It's one of them where it, it shouldn't have been a continuity error in the first place. 10,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> How did you okay, start a war with Earth? I have a weapon that'll beat you by then. I've got to also uh, throw in two things. One is like uh, when I was first watching this, I was kind of like, I was thinking, it's like, well, the actor isn't giving me anything in Mark Leonard, the, the one who's mm. playing the, uh, the the captain of the, the Romulan ship. But when I second watched it, like, and even in the first watch, I was going, he's getting a really interesting performance, though. Even then, I recognized it. Second time, I just lost all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm glad because he's giving me a really great performance. The other thing I just want to mention is the uniforms. Is it? They looked a little joke shoppy to me. I'm sorry. I think they would look better in the original uniforms mm. for the wrong uniforms. I think they've sort of gone to <laughs> next gen and what we saw in Picard season one. Yeah, they well, it felt like it was great. next gen. We've got the shoulder pads, but it's uh, black. It's like black leather. Yeah, they've they've taken it. the design, like they've taken the color and the design and the sash yeah. from the original and tried to upgrade it the way they've done with the other uniforms. Didn't bother me, but, you know, if it does, yeah. I mean, not everything has to be rubber. That's what I'm saying. It just no, looked a bit true. rubbery and a bit... Yeah. I don't know. Just rubbery looks either cheap or, or slightly kinky. There's one of two things that rubber yeah. does. Well, the Romulans it are make me a little fear. bit cheap and kind of kinky, so maybe it's quite, you know, yeah. fitting. Um, so, fair, yeah, there's fair. a big battle which looks amazing. The, the Enterprise gets away... And I did for a we second. We do have a nice line from the Romulan captain where he does Mark Leonard's line. Yes, he and does. At the time, we could, we, we could have oh. been right. And that's oh, really interesting that he says the same thing to Pike, even though Pike reacted to him completely differently. Yeah. But he still this, feels that same respect. And it speaks to performances as well, because this guy 
sounds just so weary from it all. It's like he's so yeah. put up with war. Whereas Mark Leonard more sounded almost poetic in the way he yes. delivered it. It's like he was still being quite stoic. So mm. they're both very valid choices, but very different. And that could be accounted for by the fact they're dealing with two different characters. They've had different they tell things the same to sentiment. So with like, both of you, I think we could have been friends. But with you, I'm trying to be more stoic because you're more of a warrior. You're I think more of that's a man it. of peace. And that speaks more to my and weariness that, of war. Yeah. I think the first version yeah. went into battle mode. You know, when Kirk picked a fight, it's like, right, I've got to go full on. But it's interesting yeah. that both of them are like, this is my final duty that I've got to do. And yeah, the parallels are brilliant. But don't you feel like like um, one thing it really brought sharply to my focus was that Kirk is more of a warrior in a battle, whereas Pike will always lean towards peace. Yeah. And like he will, yeah. he will do tactics if he needs to, and he's very good at it, but it's not something he uh, really gets excited by. Boris Kirk, I'm not saying he loves battle, but it's like he will think militarily, he yes, will go into yeah. that mode more. And it's just really nice. It's, it's almost like the reaction of the Romulan tells you about the captain. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I did wonder if they were going to do a Wrath of Khan here when Pike's like, oh, it's Spock, and he runs down to sickbay. I thought, no, are they going to do the... Spock's gonna be in the thing, and I have they been didn't. And always shall yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> I did wonder, but they didn't, thankfully. And this is where my second um, directorial nitpick comes, and I think it's quite telling that I meant to write in my notes, not a fan of the Steadicam shot of Pike in sick bay, but autocorrect has changed it to not a fan of the Steadicam shit of Pike in sick bay. So <laughs> I think my autocorrect knew what I was thinking. That Yeah, basically where they've got that shot and the camera's sort of pointing up at Pike's face and it looks like he's kind of floating through everything. And I, I'm just... It, it's not a camera shot I'm a big fan of. I think it always looks cheesy whenever you do it. Maybe because in the UK, uh, Mitchell and Webb did it in one of their comedy shows and that's just kind of where my mind goes whenever I see it. Never. Um, but yeah, I, I just wasn't. Just that, I love the one which they do with it, which is about the um, uh, the the Nazis and their uniforms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, that just seems very apropoising as these. Are, are we the bad guys? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so maybe that's why I don't like the shot. But I, I just felt like it takes you out of it. I didn't. It's meant to be an emotional scene. Pike's rushing I mean, to Spock's bedside, and we get this silly camera angle. Wasn't a fan. And I'm going to go for the right side of it now because I think it seems a little forced that in every reality, no matter what you do, yeah, Spock's yeah. the one who always dies. I would have been much further. It's like, look, I, I, I try to look at different realities. One of her dies. One this person. Yeah, like, yeah. Have, it always like, goes wrong. You don't have to make Spock the centre of fucking everything. Like, I, I agree with what they were saying about, like, he's got some important things to do. That was a really nice element. Yeah, that in. was good. Did you think about... Because I know, like, earlier on in this series, they uh, referred to him as a favoured song of Vulcan, where mm. it's like, he's only a lieutenant at this stage. He hasn't really done shit. You know, it's like, I actually, I thought that was a little forced then, whereas now you can build on the fact that everyone's yeah, got we But know. surely haven't all the crew. Yeah, absolutely. And I did wonder, slightly earlier in the episode, I was like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Is Kirk's going to die in this timeline? And that's yeah. why Pike can't do it. 
But it, <coughs> it makes every bit as much sense it being Spock. And it, in fact, for the story and the emotions and the characters, it makes more sense it being Spock. But yeah. I did wonder for a second, is that going to be what happened? But in this reality, I mean, it just seems very fanciful. That it's like, no matter what you change, Spock always dies. Yeah. Why? Like, I just, yeah, why is yeah. it always Spock? Why? I mean, yeah, it's only because it was such a well-written episode that I'm nitpicking something like this. I mean, yeah. by the way, there's a credit to this episode that this is what I'm focusing on because it was so tightly written generally. Um, I, I thought that was a bit of a misstep. You could have said, no matter what I change, either it leads to something war, it leads goes to wrong. something. Yeah, yeah something. Yeah. And I love the fact that they say the only person who will ultimately make peace with Romulus is Spock. And you're like, yeah, that's right, actually, yeah. when you look yeah, at what that. Spock does do. <laughs> I've so watched that. that's brilliant. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, this is where we get to the the wrap up. Then, so old Pike comes back, and they realise everything we've been talking about. I like when the doorbell goes though, and old Pike sort of goes, "Oh yeah, I'm going to have a chat with Kirk," and he sort of looks back on it fondly. And I yeah. really like that touch that he brought to it. Oh, and then they sit at the table <laughs> and they just like go. Uh... Hey, tell me about yourself. That, that's that's yeah. so pipe. And he, to and do that. he references. He goes, yeah. My dad was uh, the first officer on the Kelvin. Yeah, that's when we get which, that moment in. And <laughs> which notably, he wasn't the captain on the Kelvin and he didn't die on the Kelvin. So yeah. that's, yeah, it's nice continuity. And, and all, which, I mean, the only thing which I wish they would bring in, and okay, this is a personal one, but I spoke last week about the fact that in the in the books, they for a little while had this ongoing continuity where they wrote stuff where it's like everything within the books made sense of itself to mm. something which hadn't happened on screen. And they always had Kirk's dad as security. I just want to make them one nod where it's like, well, actually you started in security, then we're not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, yeah. That's only for me. I know no one else is waiting for this, but it just was, for me personally. Yeah, it was one of those sort of accepted facts that you had in the expanded universe that everybody just accepted as true, even though it had never been said on screen. And yeah. certain elements of that did make the way into canon, like Hikaru Sulu, the name Hikaru came from a novel, and eventually yeah. it was adopted, and yeah, things like that. So, yeah, that would be... It would be good if they had a little nod to it. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, Pike deletes the letter. There's a lovely scene with Spock where they talk around it, but don't quite get to what's happened. But I'll, I love it when Spock says, like, I feel like I owe you a great debt of gratitude, but I don't know what for. Yeah. Captain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That like that your, just... uh, your little time wave from the Vulcan mind well melts coming back. Yeah. And another thing is this, again, just adds more richness to the menagerie because now you've got Spock who's like, I don't know how, but I feel like he saved my life somewhere. And then, yeah. and he's done it, and he ends up like this because of it. So Spock feels even potentially even oh. more obligation to help him in the that. menagerie. See, this is what I mean. I love it when they do something which, when you watch the original episode back, it adds texture to it. Yeah. It adds like, yeah. oh, like they recently did it with Obi-Wan Kenobi. They yeah. had the moment where Darth Vader actually says to Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's like, uh, you didn't kill um, kill uh, Anakin. Anakin, I did. Yeah. And that adds to when he says that, it's like, well, no, he said that he did that. So, yeah, that's where, that was lovely. 
I don't mind that. It's only when they do something which takes away from the yeah, original exactly. upload. You know, it's, it's adding to it. It's fine. Got, That's great. When you say it like that, that has so much more to I feel, Yeah, I feel like it, it went out of his way for the Menantry. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, there's a bit of a we get a little song on the bridge and Pike goes around Make giving everyone the nod and it's kind of like Wayne's World like let's do the super happy ending <laughs> mega happy ending but, yeah. but then we don't because we get the the cliffhanger and Una gets arrested and she gets arrested by Captain Pike's girlfriend and and yeah it's very end of lower decks you know <laughs> it just yeah. it's, we've done and, and, like this is something that's been referenced though. Una's been in oh, maximum yeah. security for seven years. Yeah, it's set so up nicely. So, like, by that timeline, she stays in prison, but we don't have that timeline anymore. Ah, and the beauty of this is he's been told that he she ends up in prison for seven years so he can change his approach. Exactly, yeah. So, like, there's a reason why. Because, you know, I get the idea of, like, well, as soon as you go into a future, you change it automatically by being there. However... Some things are more of a stretch than others. Like you were saying, like, uh, oh, the source, like, you know, some deflector being a different colour. Like, there's no particular reason why changing time would cause that. That would, that's, you know, yeah. you've really got to think about why that would be different. Whereas this, it's completely written in. He knows in the original time, or in the timeline that he saw, she was stuck there for seven years. Mm -hmm. So he knows he's got to do something real special to change that. And he can. Yeah, yeah. but then he'll do it. An old pike will turn up and go, every time you do this, Dr. Mabenga dies. So you've got to leave. <laughs> old pike goes, going, for fuck's sake, again? <laughs> do people die every time I do anything? Yes, they do. Here's a script for the next seven years. Just follow this and you'll be okay. Uh, and then my, the third of my trilogy of questionable directorial flourishes. Why does Pike look at the camera right at the end? That's just so weird. I know I should hate it, but I don't. I, I no, just I don't. Know. I don't I hate should. it, hate it, but it's so weird. Like, it's cheesy as but, hell, but... I don't care. It's like, it's the end of their series. It's up so nice for season two in Alec. Yeah. He's got Una to rescue. Yeah. He's got um, Lan to come back. Yep. Or, or go help and rescue. We need a new engineer. Mm -hmm. We've got to see who Bruce is going to be. Yeah. We've to got me. Captain Angel's going to return and presumably bring Cybot with them. So that'll yeah, be much interesting. Much more gone. I think we're going to see a lot more gone. More gone. Yeah. Gone are their Klingons. That's that's still my yeah, prediction. And they've showed that so far this series. But yeah, yeah so... This, this should be it for Romulan. I wanna yeah. I, I wanna finish this wrap-up of this episode then with the question, is this the best first season of any Star Trek show ever? I'm rich I think yes. that's still fucking strong. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I'd probably say yeah. I'm not you see original series. Original series is the only one that's a contender to it. I think we yes, can yeah, we can me, agree yeah. on that. Yeah, but it still had, like, dodgy episodes. It did have dodgy episodes, but it did make 30 episodes compared to 10. Yeah. Also, they didn't do an episode where they all lost. Sorry, sorry. That, that no, one, that, that is my least favourite of this. But again, even in that, I enjoyed the acting and but I enjoyed then, the writing scene by scene. 
just not the overall idea that they lose at the end. Just turns then, me off. Yeah, but I still think there's another part of that. To no, no, but again, again, that still doesn't matter because if you do it a series later, in that episode, they still aren't out lose. I don't want an episode of Star Trek yeah, unless but... there's a direct two-parter where they lose. Uh, nah, I, I have mind. no problem with that. I was a big fan of Fair. Tiger Hawks. <laughs> but yeah, um, original series though, so okay, there are some clunkers, mm. but you've got Obviously, Balance of Terror, you've got The Enemy Within, you've got The Naked Now, you've got Arena, you've got Devil oh. in the Dark, you've got Space Seed, you've got The City on the Edge of Forever. It's like, I don't know that I can say this was better yeah, than the original I, I, series. I honestly think that it might be original series, first series, and then this. It's very, Just, very close. Again, again because you've got to, like you say, Jim, you've kind of got to do a little bit of... Um, Adjusting your score for the fact of how many episodes they did mm. in the first series of the original series. I think if you took the ten best of season one of the original series and put them against these ten, original series would win. But that's not fair either because no, you know, this this has done okay. ten. Okay, like, okay. Really. I think that's fair then. But with the episodes where they lost, it has nine and a half. So the original series on that scale mm. could only have. Um, one and a half episodes that are bad. Mm, and Let's it do this then. Maybe on our gradient, which we're scoring on, for the fact if you're going to pick any 10 episodes of the original series, it does beat this. However, the fact they made more, which meant some episodes did suffer yeah. quality, means that this one wins. So it's like it's they win on different, <laughs> think, uh, yeah. different gradings. I think this it, one definitely wins in consistency. And I would say, out of the ten, this finale and the uh, Elysium Kingdom one, them two can stand shoulder to shoulder as all-time Star Trek classics. And I'd also throw in, I mean, um, I spoke about when we were watching Picard. I think that may be one of the finest series of Star Trek Mm -hmm. we've ever seen, the second series of Picard, given how much of a deficit was going on following the first series, which... Was not my favourite. Um, I thought that was stunning as a, a complete piece of work. And this 10-episode arc does... It's not quite up there, but it's kind of like... It's really high up it's, for a first series. Like, <laughs> when we argue over minuscule percentages yeah. of which one's best, Yeah, I think we could all agree it's been an awesome season. It has, yeah. yeah. And, and it's completely set up to, in the next series... Be one of the finest episodes, like series yeah. of Star Trek. Like if they followed this formula, they yeah. could write one and of the best series of Star Trek. This could go on forever. This, and if, well, it can't. can It can yeah. go on seven <laughs> years. <laughs> Got a set ending. Um, Lower Decks season three, which we're which getting. Which is about the two seven that the yeah. and Voyager and DS Nine had seven seasons. Yeah, funny that. Um, so Lower Decks, which we're getting in about six weeks' time has a lot to live up to coming off the back of an awesome season of Picard, an awesome season of Strange New Worlds. I love Lower Decks, and I love Lower Decks in a different way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, with with Lower Decks, if that's in six weeks, do we have anything before that? We Uh, are going... No, we've got got no new Star Trek that's been announced. Um, What do you mean? I'm running running out of juice here. I need my fix. Well, we're going to still... Keep going. We've got we're doing the balance of terror next week as a, as an ode to this episode. 
and it's a great episode. Yep. Hey, uh, and then we're jumping by. back into the Dominion War. Yep. So nice. we, okay, and, that. and we start, we're going back into that with a bang. Yeah. With the uh, Wave the Warrior. So, yeah, we've yes, still got... Yes, I believe our 136th ever streamed. Like, it's um, a celebration. I can't, I can't remember what number you know, streamed. I was saying this It'll thing. be our 161st episode. There we go. James, this was what I was now, saying. We, we have to... 161st episode is always a big celebration. 161. Yes, yeah. We have to launch into that celebration, Jim. Like, we've oh. got to, like, sell it as if it's... Because it was going to be a hundred streams, so we have to sell it like it's a oh, hundred streams. I can't me. remember what it is. Uh, it's even better, live, even what, better. What live stream it is. So yeah, we're <laughs> going to have fifty-sixth episode special. I think it'll be our. Uh, it may be our sixty-eighth. I think live stream. Ah, oh, well, that's the one. Um. So yeah. So start new Star Trek may be taking a break. We're most likely not going to. We've got plenty of other stuff to cover. It's going to be nice jumping back to Deep Space Nine for a little bit while we wait yeah. for Lower Decks. And, um, yeah, it's been an awesome season of Strange New World. Thank you for listening to us talk about it for the last 10 weeks. And I, I see my plug filter is working very nicely on my backdrop, which just lasts through the adverts for the Doug Squeecho retrack. I have no... Yeah. <laughs> So if oh, and do you South by Southeast just now? At the risk of doing more plugs, then so if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us retrekpod at gmail.com. You can check these videos out on YouTube. You can check out Elliot's Model Studios channel, Retrek Model Studios. Yeah, uh, getting <laughs> videos out every week at the moment. Yeah, and Doctor Squeeze got all sorts of things going on with the Doctor Squeeze show. What have we got? Well, let me just give a shout out firstly to Elliot. Said uh, like the retreat, uh, retrek model studios. You heard how passionately I spoke about shirts before. That didn't happen before I met Elliot. He's ignited <laughs> my passion. Like Dan Discovery does such a piss poor job, even I can tell. But that's <laughs> that's another thing. It's Elliot mostly. But on the Doctor Squeeze show, I know I'm plugging this. Like I think I've plugged this about four times already. But I finally, just before this, did uh, my interview with the guy about the Bitcoin documentary. Uh, Darcy Weir is really fascinating, genuinely. Uh, we get into a lot of the stuff. And I'm trying to set up at the moment. I know one of the people who's worked on Kevin Smith's new film. Um, he's oh, just released a film. No, no, not Clerks 3. However, this guy probably does cameo in this, in that. But um, Kevin Smith was talking a long time ago about a, um, a film, which was an anthology film called Kilroy Was Here, based on the World War II emblem of Kilroy which if you look it up, you'll find it anyway. Uh, and it's basically in each series, Kilroy is the baddie and he features in each of them. And he's just released, released it as a non-fungible token. I happen to know um, Andy McAlfresh, who does a podcast with Kev, who did one of the he wrote one of the stories. Right. So I'm trying to sort out an interview at the moment. I'm hoping to double this up with the uh, Bitcoin documentary because Kev's just sold that film you can now buy it as a non-fungible token right with the kilroy um image so that you can then put that into a short of your own ah. which he's going to then use the best of for the sequel to the film wow I so mean, it's really apropos and i happen to know someone who worked on it so like yeah he'll come and talk to me oh i mean it's nothing if not inventive kevin smith i mean that i'm not even sure i understood half of that but it sounds fascinating <laughs> 
And that's why you need to listen to the Dr. Squeeze show next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Hopefully I've interviewed with both of these gents. Uh, and I'm also talking to a guy, uh, Omar, whose name, surname escapes me. He's just launched um, a comic book novel hybrid, which Ooh. he's launching at San Diego Comic-Con. Fantastic. So lots that's to cool. check out there. If you've got room in your life for more geekery that isn't directly Star Trek related. Um, but thanks for trekking with us this time, and we will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. LLAP. Bye -bye.